Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Freaks with a Z, the podcast all about movies. Each episode is about a specific movie, and we'll get to this episode's movie in a little bit. But first, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I am First Lieutenant Aldo the Ferret Rain, and I'm here with... Uh... Lieutenant Waffles. There can't be two lieutenants. All right. Nah, all right <laughs> Greedy. All right. Um, <laughs> Sergeant Waffles. There we go. All right. Well, you were. Okay, never mind. You know, never mind. Wait, what? What did you say? He was Sergeant Waffles last week. Was I? Wow. <laughs> and then Sergeant I changed Pepper's your name yeah. for you. What was the movie last week? Sergeant, Sergeant Pepper's, Pepper's Lonely Hearts <laughs> Club. Oh, yeah, 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 all right. I, I'll be a uh, Lepidite uh, Waffles. Whatever that French guy in the beginning was. Yeah, yeah. What was his last name? Lepidite? Le, le, I don't know. I'm not good. I think French. you got it right. I think you yeah, got le, it. Yeah, close, close enough. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lepidite waffles. And a glass of milk tea. Um, the, the, her callous. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to do this to you, Greedy, but it would la be. Petite. It yeah, would be. La petite. Yeah. yeah. La petite. Yeah. La petite. Yeah. <laughs> All right. La petite waffles. All right, uh, so we're starting things off a little different today because since we recorded Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band episode, uh, the Everything Everywhere All at Once episode was got a strike on my channel, um, which is a crazy, stupid occurrence. So to people who don't know, who don't follow the, the who aren't following the story or my channel, um, essentially a random like trailer company in based in i'm guessing russia because it was in the russian language uh striked down our everything everywhere all at once movie review uh with no explanation given other than copyright notice strike taken down um i immediately did the reversal thing you know i, I did a counter thing but i was talking to youtube on twitter for quite some time and they're absolutely uh, absolutely no help because they just say, oh, we're just doing things in accordance with, with legality. It's like, please. It takes two seconds for a human to look at our review and the video that I make for the review and see that it's not the movie in question. One. Two, it doesn't show anything from the movie in question. And three, number, it doesn't use any audio from the movie in question. It's all our original audio, original video. It, it sucks, though, because now my channel has a strike for at least... Well, right now it's going on uh, about uh, two weeks now, uh, going into like almost three weeks now, actually. Um, and they did not get the um, the reversal thing uh, until the day after because, you know, it's, it's business day. So hopefully by the next time, by the, this episode's upload, that'll all be solved. But as of right now, yeah, not 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 it's not been fun. <laughs> it's it's certainly not been fun. Does the strike make it so you can't upload things at the moment, or? Luckily, the first strike is like a like a slap on the wrist, and you gotta watch that stupid, happy treehouse friends, um, uh, thingamajiggy from YouTube Studio, and answer some questions. So it's not too terrible, but it just it goes without saying that YouTube's platform is a bit broken in, in terms of like how companies can. Uh, strike your yeah. channel down without much proof or much explanation and then they leave it in the company's hands to 
read your what you wrote and then choose to uh, take the strike away and put the video back up, which um, rarely happens, one, especially if it's like a company just going through like with a bot and randomly, um, you know, uh, uh, striking channels. Mine was actually manually striked, which tells me that maybe they were just searching for keywords and they have like a group of 10 people huddled, huddled in an office <laughs> trying to strike down channels that re-uploaded the movie, you know? Um, cause, cause our titles are just the name of the movie, the year, and then the little slash and then what episode it is. So they obviously searched the keyword, found it. Maybe the time, like the time that we talked about, the length of time we talked about was close enough to the, the movie t- uh, length. So they just decided to manually strike it down without even clicking on the video. Like just look at the thumbnail. It's the cover of the movie with our podcast logo next to it. Like, I don't know. It, it just, it's very frustrating. And like I said, it, it's in the hands of that company. So I, YouTube can't do anything because they're like, oh, 10 days go by. They have to do it themselves. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> like, seriously. I guess that's what we get for, you know, doing a popular movie. I guess, I, I would say newer. I mean, I don't know. But it's definitely popular. And I, like you said, I mean, it definitely people are just probably looking for keywords. The guy probably didn't even watch a minute of the video or a second, I should say, even. And probably just like, oh, copyright. Yeah, like I said, it, it just takes one second, one second to click on our video and and skim through it a little bit to know that it's a yeah, false copyright claim. Yeah, we don't use any video. We don't use anything at all. We just talk about it. So, yeah, that's it's so annoying. Even if, we, even if we had, like, clips from the movie and images from the movie, they're still acceptable, like, fair use, you know, according to the law, because we are reviewing it. So it just makes no sense. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people do like small clips and like t- in like five second increments if they're talking about something. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't do that. You know, when when I hit the video, it's it's just a it's a it's a stagnant image for most of the for most of the podcast. So yeah, just because you know most people. Well, I don't know about most people. I don't know where most of our listeners come from, but you can listen to it on other platforms besides YouTube. So luckily, yeah. yeah. So probably by the time that the, this episode goes up, the, the Everything Everywhere All at Once YouTube version will be up. Um, I don't think it's going to it's gonna mess up the order because I think it should just pop right back into place. But it, if it doesn't, then the episodes will be a bit out of order uh, on the YouTube side of things. But what you going to do? All right. Enough about that. Let's go ahead and talk about today's movie. Sergeant Waffles, start us <laughs> off. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, this movie doesn't get us a copyright strike. Um, today, or, well, I guess this episode, I recommended Inglorious Bastards, 2009 version, not the original. Um, the little synopsis, a Nazi-occupied France during World War II. Uh, a plan to assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers coincides with a theater own vengeful plans for the same i see i did the same thing last time like imbd like synopsis is pretty bad like on for this one i should have just used letterbox who didn't you should have reminded me but oh well anyways it's, um, it's our fault it, it's yeah our fault. <laughs> um it's directed by quentin tarantino uh some stars brad pitt diane kruger eli roth uh, who else was uh, um, Christopher Wall? 
uh, Daniel, whatever German Rude. name, uh, BJ Novak, Novak, uh, Novak, yeah, Omar Doom, Jackie Ido, um, and a bunch more. Um, Mike Myers, yeah, Mike Myers, a lot of people, um, lots of cameos, yeah, lots of them. Um, but I want to start off with like. I feel like this movie was meant to be like a little bit on the comedy side, but I feel like this story was like phenomenal. Um, I really loved everything. The story, the movie was great. Uh, just a little, you know, uh, preview for my rating. Um, but what do you guys think of overall, like, like the storyline and everything like just given to us because like i said i feel like they wanted the comedy side but everything seemed like very serious and very uh harsh at times you know i mean there were there were moments of comedy but i would say the movie has a very serious tone through most of it um and yeah i agree like this the, the this movie is really well written a lot of great scenes that um you know, like, the in-between for the scenes, it goes kind of fast, but when you get to those scenes, like, you know, just as, as reference to the, the, the first opening scene where, they're, you know, the the SS officer is going to the French cabin, the, the search for, or he knows, he probably already knows that there's Jewish people there. Um, you know, that, that whole scene, like, it's just so well written, so well shot, you know, and, and that really sets the, the scene for the entire uh, movie, um, really. The, the tone, you mean? Yeah, that's what I meant. Tone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like for me, definitely that first scene I think is really good. Um, the movie definitely starts off strong. Um, Story wise, uh, ends meh. Uh, really, for, in my opinion, <laughs> I think the movie would have been better. Would have been better without the Inglorious Bastards. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if we had just followed like this, you know, this SS guy and this. Uh, escaped Jewish uh, woman who ends up owning a theater. Like, that story is more, like, it's it's better. And then you just get these random, like, the Inglourious Bastards are barely in the movie. And then just at the end, they're just like, oh, well, we killed them all except for these two. And you're just like, yeah. what? Why do we even care? Like, I why? see your point. Because, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Brad Pitt and, you know, the rest of the Inglourious Bastards, they all, they're all, like, pretty much uh secondary characters compared to like how much screen time everyone else gets yeah so yeah that's definitely a good point and maybe they also they needed uh maybe they just needed brad pitt's face to like market the movie <laughs> probably probably and it seemed like there are some like you know big badass group and then for half of them just to die you know it's just like oh okay well yeah i mean most of them are just i think well you see the two blow up themselves at the end there i guess Jump to the end. Um, yeah, you never know. And then two died in the bar. Mm -hmm. And then two made. So that's like you know that's six. What happened to the other six? They don't. It's like they're so they're so not involved in the plot that it doesn't matter that you never see what happened to the other six. Yeah, everything just kind of works out for the last two who are there. But um, no, I I I see what you, this this, has, is this movie does have like a King Kong issue where. You know the the bastards aren't in it enough, um, but I I sort of I sort of agree. Like you know I I almost would rather just have like the espionage and underground stuff going on. Um, you know have the have that British soldier come over and 
you know, have them die in the in the in the bar. Like that's a great build up yeah. and that was a great scene. Conclusion like, that was to that my scene. My favorite scene. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, it doesn't it does it like it's almost it's almost secondary that two of the characters in that bar were the uh, like a part of the bastards, right? They could have just been they could have just been, you know, underground spies, you know, or, you know, the the one the one guy was actually uh def- the a traitor from the German army, so or a defector. Yeah. It would have it would have been a better story uh had well me not a better story, but it might have made the movie flow a little bit better, have a few less characters to worry about in in the long run if the bastards themselves weren't in the in the movie. Well, and I just and I do like, you know, like that scene uh, where she's taking, or the you know the Russian girl, or not Russian Jewish girl, is taken to the restaurant, and then she has a whole scene with um, you know the SS who killed her family, like that scene. You know, after he leaves, and, like freaks out and stuff. Just like yeah, that's that's she's a good scene. acting wise. Yeah. yeah, and like I just I would have rather see like the bastard just. They didn't do anything really technically like the whole Kino operation Kino like it was pointless because she again much better <laughs> protagonist was already going to kill him I think uh, yeah it would have been a better ending if like the SS guy was stuck in there too and you just like sure she she can die you know to Zoller and Zoller her to, you know she kills Zoller whatever and then you just see the building just burned down with all these people it's like that that should have been the ending we don't need to see but her her plan was flawed though because she only really locked the the doors to the main stage and like everyone in the boxes were still yeah. able to to escape yeah well that would be more you know realistic to how world war Two actually went where it's just like oh yeah hitler didn't die by yeah, <laughs> group of twelve people coming in and just blowing his face off. Yeah, I mean this movie is pretty historically accurate almost all the way up until the end. You know, with just the different ways the people are, they look and their yeah. mannerisms and stuff like that. And then you get to the end and it just kind of like explodes in your face and like they're shooting, you know, they're they're destroying, you know, like they're just destroying Hitler with a haze of bullets and stuff like yeah. that. Um. I, I, you know, Tay, you sway me here because I, I do agree. I think that having Hitler escape would have been like the perfect way to tie this into actual events, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like disappointed with how this movie ends. I think that it's a bombastic ending and I think the effects are, are fantastic. And, and, uh, you know, I, I especially, uh, like the, um, ending conversation between, um, you know Aldo and uh, Colonel Hans, but uh, I can see how it could have been written differently and maybe made the ending a little bit better per se. I guess. Yeah, they just needed to give the the audience this bombastic ending, and they just had to show Hitler being shot in the face multiple times. Well, I mean, it is a Quentin Tarantino film, and you know he's got to have his his violence and his what have you. His feet. Oh, yeah. yes. Feet. Were there any? Oh, yeah. There were some feet. There were some feet shots. Yep. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, many, it was like yeah, it was it was more so in in like that struggle with the with Colonel Hans between the actress and Colonel Hans. So I I, I didn't yeah. I didn't see it as like an egregious like foot shot. I just saw it as like tasteful yeah. cinematography at that point. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. That was the other. I I don't understand why he's like, you have to die. And then immediately he's like, okay, well she was helping them out. Now I'm gonna go help them out. It's like use her as a like a contact. Be like, hey, I want in on this. I want out. But yeah, you know, yeah. You know, whatever. Let's rewind a little bit. Go back to when yeah. the um, bastards were first introduced because I feel like. Taking what you said into account, I feel because they have this movie set up in chapters, yeah. I almost would have liked a whole chapter dedicated to the Inglorious Bastards. Who, mm-hmm. you know, that whole scene where they're talking to the German officer and he won't point out the the thing or whatever. That's still it's still a great scene. Yeah. But maybe have that be like the Inglorious Bastards is just a chapter in this whole narrative. And have, you know, those characters I mean, you don't have to have those characters come back, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Or a scene, you know, where they're actually taking out, you know, that nest or whatever they're looking for, you know, like even that could have been great, you know, just each like kind of like how they introduced the bear Jew, you know, just like have each like their own cameo of like certain ways, like almost like a execution, like of each of them separately killing like a Nazi or something like that, you know? Yeah, they did like an introduction for two out of, like, as they're taking out like you know that nest that they're looking for you know that yeah now yeah, that they brought that, that up that would that would have been cool yeah and that could have been like the whole inglorious bastards chapter you could still keep the movie named inglorious bastards have brad pitt plastered on the posters you know but it it, <laughs> yeah. it, it would all of godzilla 2014 we're like we've got cranston everyone loves cranston he dies in the first 10 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah, I, th- I think this movie could stand on its on its own two legs because the rest of the movie is still written really, really well, shot really, really well. Lots of interesting stuff still going on. Um, you don't have to have it revolve around, you know, the bastards per se. Yeah. Um, and you, well, could, like I said is- before, you could still have the two guys who do German, you know, in the bar. Like you could still have them show up there and you know do their thing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean. Sorry. Um, yeah, the whole like Operation Kino just it seemed unnecessary since she already had the plan. <laughs> it's like, okay, so they both have this plan. I don't know. Well, they didn't. Well, they, they didn't really, know. You know. Yeah, they didn't yeah. know each other. Yeah, I know they didn't. It just kind of worked out that they were both playing this, um, you know, demolition of the building. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a you know, it's a big coincidence that everything just kind of works out, and the the two characters, well, I guess Brad Pitt's character is really the the one you want to see live through it all, I guess. Oh, I mean, why do I like? There's nothing about him that makes me go, yeah, I want this guy to live, like, because <laughs> uh, he said Barnjerner or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sure, like his character's fine. Like I don't hate his character. It's just it's so weird that like. The end of the movie's like, this character, this is the one you were rooting for, right? It's like, we barely saw him. Why do we care? Yeah, and BJ Novak's character, uh, like, he was barely in the movie before that. (laughs) Yeah, he's in one scene before, and then, like, he shows up like, oh, you're here. Why are you here, though? Yeah, he survived, and then he's, like, uh, Brad Pitt's like, like, hey, what do you think about this? And he just agrees whatever what Brad Pitt says. It's like, oh, okay. I guess we care because he says it. Yeah, it's just it was weird. That's like, what was he doing? Why did he get captured? What was he doing? What were all? What were they all doing? Again, it's they're so insignificant to the plot that they you don't even need to know. 
What happened to six of them? <laughs> Actually, no, seven of them. Because uh, Hans, when he came on, he was the 13th. Wait, who's Hans? He was the German defector that they freed from jail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I thought that was Stiglitz. Huh, I thought his name was Hans Stiglitz. But I'm not remembering wrong. Yeah, it's uh, oh. Christopher Waltz, and he's a uh, Hans Landa or whatever. Something. Whatever. No, that's the oh, colonel. Oh, that's Colonel, colonel Hans Landa. Yeah. yeah. No, the defector. I thought his name was Hans Stiglitz or whatever. But Stig either way, oh, Stiglitz okay. it, was. It's, it's a Hugo Stiglitz. Hugo, that's right, Hugo. Yeah, Hans was uh, the it, smart one. He was no Hans. Probably... Hans was the SS colonel. That's he was right. not. He was not a part of the uh, the bastards. No, he was German. Yeah, he was the smart one. He was the one that kind of blew up the plane at the end. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so either way, so Hugo was the thirteenth member. So there's seven other bastards. We just they just like yeah, whatever. They're whatever. <laughs> you don't care. We don't care. <laughs> it's because historically there were you know however, however many bastards you know actually out there. Um, so they just kind of have to have both of them standing in the background. You just assume that just throughout the course of their espionage and guerrilla tactics journey that they got whittled down to, you know, only a handful left at the end. Yeah. But yeah, maybe, maybe like Greedy said, maybe we could have had a scene where they actually raid the uh, the German outpost and see those guys get killed, you know? Something. Give us something. some more Give to, some. to care about these characters. <laughs> Or, you know, what would have been a good tie-in is that uh, Frederick guy, when he was, uh, you know, he got those, you know, heroic, you know, medals, I guess you can say. Maybe, you know, part of the uh, Inglourious Bastards were part of that, you know, attack, and maybe they got shot down, you know? Like, that could have been a cool, you know, scene, like a good tie-in, I guess. Mm, yeah. I don't know about that, but... That probably um, wouldn't match up with the timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah because that happened way before. That was that probably. was in Italy um, during the. Um, yeah. But Operation... they were all Italian at the end, though. <laughs> well, yeah, they were all Italian at the end, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Italians were on the Nazi side. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they they were they uh, they uh, allied with the Nazis, but the the Italian people didn't really want to fight in the war, which is why the Allies took out Italy right after Africa um, because yeah, they... the Italian army had no resistance at all. And even the German soldiers stationed in Italy were overwhelmed because the Italian soldiers were like, yeah, fuck this. Like, we don't mm -hmm. like this Mussolini guy. He can go die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when yeah. Mussolini fled to uh, the Alps or wherever he went, Austria, um, they just were like, yep, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're just uh, siding with you. So we don't, uh, you know, take out our uh, country. Or yeah, destroy like the, the yeah, their cities because yeah. that's that's yeah. also what, what the French did. You know, people give them shit for surrendering, but you know yeah. they 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 decide to pull out of Paris because they didn't want the historical buildings and the Eiffel Tower and stuff like that to be destroyed during battle. So yeah. you know that's why that's why they they fled out of the city. And when they retook the city, it was it was a lot of resistance members mixed in with you know American and European and British troops. But anyway. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so we mentioned you know all these you know brad pitt and all that like the casting for this was phenomenal and i think as i said earlier my favorite uh actor was uh you know the hans uh 
uh, Christopher Waltz, I think he did a phenomenal job as, you know, being, I guess, the villain, I guess you can say, throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Is, yeah. um, but, yeah, you know, the Havoc, you know, the Havoc guy, you know, throughout the movie. I think he did a great job, and he did definitely an excellent job throughout this whole movie. Yeah, everyone really did a great job. Um, I, there wasn't, like, one... I mean, honestly, I could point at Brad Pitt and be like, "That's that accent you're doing is, is kind of yeah. wild. <laughs> but everyone else in the movie, I would say, was, was perfectly... Uh, cast and well they did their 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 act you know their acting was really good um i i i mean i i hate to keep pointing to the scene with that bar scene with all those like random german characters you don't know yeah. you you un- like you kind of know them as almost as soon as that scene starts just because of how they're acting you know the one guy just became a father you kind of get attached to like those random german soldiers um and you already know a few of the people who are on the bar side but you know you, you just kind of like like these scenes kind of get into a groove and then like, they're just so, they're so flowing, you know? Mm-hmm. And they all, they like a lot of these scenes have like that, you know, a really good sharp ending to it, whether it be uh, the girl running away at the cabin at the beginning of the movie, whether it be the, uh, the, um, the one guy getting beaten to death with the baseball bat and the other guy frantically showing them where all the positions are, whether it's the big, you know, uh, Mexican standoff, you know, at the end, not yeah, the big, yeah. but the Mexican standoff at the end of <laughs> the bar unquote. scene, you know, yeah. um, all the way up until the end where, uh, you know, the, the, the fire takes out the, um, the theater. Uh, but yeah, a lot of these, I mean, su- such good writing in all these scenes, you know, even the, uh, the dinner scene that Tay was talking about, like the end of that scene is like so intense, you know, so tensely written. Mm-hmm. It's just her with the Colonel and you know, the history, but he apparently doesn't. And it's just a very tense and just so well-written scene, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of great scenes. And like I, like I said earlier, you know, that bar scene was my favorite. And I think it's, like, I think that scene just alone, how intense it was, how, you know, um, dramatic natural. it was. Yeah, natural, dramatic, and just, like, you knew what was coming, but you didn't know how. Like, especially the first time watching it, you know, I think most of us second time or third time like we knew it was coming but even i forgot i was like i forget who shoots first and like i completely forgot you know the guy gets shot in the balls first you know that's how the whole gun battle starts but i was like i i knew it was coming but you know it was like oh it's gonna come right now and then it doesn't and then like five minutes later it's like oh here you go and and even like uh yummy said that stand mexican standoff at the end you're like okay like we know he's gonna he's gonna die we knew he was gonna die but you're like all right how is he gonna die and then eventually it eventually does happen but it 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 just that lead up you're like all right he's dying but how does he die you know yeah the whole time during like that when they were like talking and and he was like trying to figure out each the backgrounds and the accents that was like so intense and there were like many times where like Ooh, that was a close call. And did they make it? Like, and then oh, something else happened. And it was just like so intense all the way through. And like, if we can go back to the first to the opening scene real quick, I also loved how intense that scene was before we got to find out that you know there are people under the floorboards. Because like mm-hmm. we knew there was like some intensity going on, but we didn't we knew really he know was exactly hiding, why. But yeah, yeah, and like. 
you know, watching this scene, this is my second time watching it. So watching this scene again with that context, knowing that the people, there's people on the floorboards, I was like, oh, yes, this this is amazing. Well, yeah, because I originally I rewatching this again. I thought, you know, the or the guy, he looks down when he picks up. I thought he sees, you know, the the Jews down there and maybe I think he ended I think that's how he knew they were down there but I thought like that was a whole scene in itself where he noticed them and then he like calls in his troops in to shoot the floorboards but I I wasn't expecting it to be so like okay you guys can come in and then they come in and then they just shoot up everything I thought it was like a sudden you know flip of the switch like he sees them and then he comes in and kills them well, don't forget that the, the, the Frenchman gave them away to yeah. protect his family. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of where he confirmed. I'm, I'm guessing the colonel, you know, kind of went into there with the knowledge that there was some people hiding there. You know, he just kind of had a hunch or whatever. Maybe he he is a detective. So maybe as soon as he walked in the room, he could just see the area and be like, yeah, there's there's something else going on here, which is why he was. Um, you know, he switched to English, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it, uh, man, that's one thing I'm just realizing, like a lot of these actors have to learn like three different languages yeah. for this movie. <laughs> a lot right? of them, um, actually, like I was kind of looking on IMDb while watching it. So like Hugo, the guy who played Hugo, you know, he is German. Uh, he's actually a German director. I oh. found out. Um, so I think a lot of them were, like and I'm pretty sure the uh, the Jewish girl was French. The uh, the decorative the the sniper guy was is he's also a German actor. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he was in Winter Soldier, I believe. He was. Yeah, he's he's um, Baron Zemo. He's also yeah. was in the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show on Disney Plus. <laughs> but yeah, it's nice because like it's nice to see people who actually speak the languages and stuff like that do acting in these roles. Um, obviously they have to learn a, maybe, maybe they have to learn some French or some English, you know, well, maybe not English, but pro- definitely probably French for most of the people had to learn some of that, but, but Hey, they made it fluent and they sounded like they knew it the whole life. So you know, they did a really good job, you know, switching back and forth. And even when they had to, you know, speak that different language, they did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it was all very natural. It was all very flowing, and um, yeah, part of that is the actors, and part of that is the writing, and uh, both are outstanding <laughs> in the movie. Speaking of outstanding, I was looking through um, Christoph Waltz IMDb, and he was like in a whole bunch of uh, German movies and TV shows, but this movie here is like the one that put him in, in the map. Like after this movie, he he played a villain in like a dozen other Hollywood movies after this. Really, he's also been the good guy in a couple of movies too. Yeah. <laughs> couple, yeah. but come on, he makes a really good bad guy. <laughs> he does, yeah. Oh, apparently yeah, he was in he... the Gumball del Toro's Pinocchio. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's he the villain in that to... one. Okay, he was in Django too. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. He, had to, he spoke at least four different languages in this movie. English, French, Spanish, yep, and or no Italian. No, Italian English, French, yeah. Italian, German. So yeah, four. Ah. Well, good for him. Well, I mean, if he is a European, you know, that is, they're they're more likely to learn multiple languages. 
Right, because they're they're so close to each other, uh, region yeah. wise. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike us Americans, where there's like you can take two years of a language in high school and, and maybe another <laughs> year in college or two in college, you'll be fine. And you, you, you'll do it. You'll do. You'll feel great. Yeah, I, I took three years of German in high school. Probably should have taken Spanish, honestly. But I was, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a very big World War Two. Uh, I was historical the, fan. Yeah. So I was I took the opposite. German. I took Spanish in junior high and was like, God, I wish I had taken German instead. <laughs> it's an interesting I took language, and, but I'm not fluent. Yeah, I'm not. I, I couldn't. I I couldn't speak. I couldn't sprechen much Deutsch, Deutsch. Uh, yeah. nowadays. <laughs> but there, I, I did pick up on some things when there wasn't a subtitle. You know, for that one scene where um you're in the the diner or the 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 uh the dinner scene and yeah and they were speaking German to each other, but the girl didn't know German. Like I kind of picked up on a few things here and there, but it wasn't enough to really flesh out the conversation. You know. <laughs> yeah, my my wife. My wife German as well. My wife. <laughs> yeah, but like she doesn't. She's not like fluent, fluent or anything, but like she was like, okay, I think they just said this. <laughs> like it took me a second to realize she was translating what they were saying because like she was just, just saying it, and I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah, she was playing <laughs> was like, chess while you were playing checkers over there. Exactly, and I was like, oh, you're translating. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, another thing that I really liked about this movie is just the attention to detail. Um, like the uniforms, the scenes, like everything was phenomenal, and they did a great job as well. Is like keeping you informed while keeping you confused at the same time. Like, the first time watching through, you know, going to that bar scene, you know, yeah, you they zoomed in, you know, on the guy uh, pointing up, you know, doing the three, you know, the three grounds wrong. But, you know, your first time through, you're like, all right, why are things changing? And how do the actual German soldiers know he's a, he's a fraud? Well, they do a good job, you know, keeping that scene intense. And they do a good job, you know, a little bit after explaining like how you know they were able you know to detect how that guy was a fraud and you know and, and i just think they did a good job throughout the whole movie explaining at the same time keeping it you know a little confusing at that scene at that moment yeah they start off with like being subtle and then they reveal what the you know reason is for the um for the deception being uh snuffed out because if you're not like you know a big uh world war you know buff like yummy or someone someone just watching that movie they're gonna be like oh how did that guy you know well that's more of like a thing not a world war ii thing you know yeah well but you know still people might not understand you know like how did he get his cover blown and they might be you know like oh okay this is happening now but no they do a good job you know backtracking and saying oh this is what happened yeah, they don't they don't they don't dumb it down so much that they're like, and that was why they did that. Do you understand, <laughs> audience? No, they, they it's pretty natural how they explain it. And it it's 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 yeah, it, it's 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 a good it's a good writing writing there too. Speaking of which, um there was like a couple different scenes to where like in the middle of a conversation they kinda like very quickly and harshly like switched to like a quick flashback scene and it got really loud. And I didn't feel like it was necessary 
but you know, I guess it's the movie's way of reminding them, oh, this is like this person from this history, and they have this history with this character, and blah blah blah. But uh, I feel like it wasn't necessary, but at the same time, it did add to the impact of the scene, which, but you know, which I do appreciate that the fact that it got like so suddenly loud and disruptive. I like the way that you know that whole scene, what scene those you scenes were edited. I, there was a few remember. different scenes. Yeah, the one like when the when the girl was, yeah when the girl was in the restaurant talking to uh, to Hans and they show like a quick flashback of her running away from that cabin. And, yeah, uh, and there also... was the scene where they mentioned something about like uh, or he's like oh yeah they would dress up as German soldiers soldiers sometimes and it cuts to them just shooting up a you know a jeep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's very, okay. that's that's very Yeah, that scene. Yeah, yeah, that scene was. Yeah, I remember yeah. that one. It's very like. I mean, it's, it's, it's very a, it's a Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, but it yeah. also is just like. The so one, weird. the like, one makes sense to me. The one in the in the diner makes sense. Why there's like that blaring music and she's running away because she's feeling yeah. that same anxiety again you know uh, for a split yeah. second before she can control herself well, again you know and it, it, it serves as a reminder as well as like yes this is this is who this, this is, is the same person yes. yeah in case you couldn't <laughs> put together earlier um that like that one didn't bother me but just like the what was weird is like the tone shift sometimes where like where you like when they first introduced hugo and it's like hugo and then it's like there's a guitar rift and his name flashes like a little splash borderlands 2 borderlands splash screen and then you get the little flashback of him murdering everybody and it's like okay that was a tone shift but okay and then there's also the random just narrator showing up you know samuel yeah. Jackson, you know yeah, like that's so random right <laughs> it's like it was only what two scenes where it, uh yeah. they had him narrating something it's like so weird yeah and yeah and then just randomly like be like oh like a name and an arrow point like this is this guy and you're like okay <laughs> knowing that but still isn't whatever um yeah so there's just random times where it's like this tone shift and just weird but i mean again that is quentin here you know so you like it or you don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big Tarantino fan. Oh, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like a lot of what he does. Um, the Kill Bill, the, the, both of those movies. Yeah, Kill Bills were good. Are great. Kill Bill was good. Um, I also, I mean, I, I'm not a huge Wolf of Wall Street guy. Um, wait, that wasn't even him. Never mind. Just kidding. No, no, I was Erase that. I was going to say, I didn't think he was like, oh, I didn't know he I, did that I, For some reason, in my mind, I had Wolf of Wall Street there. I don't know why. Oh, but yeah, the Kill Bill might be thinking of uh, the Hateful Eight, maybe. I like the Hateful Eight, and the, the Django is okay. really good. I mean, I guess I am a Tarantino fan. I, I For some reason, I thought he did Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know why. Okay. But yeah, I, I like a lot of, I mean, he has a very, like, he has a, he's a very classic um, filmography, you know. I, I think that he has, I think most of his films are, are absolute bangers, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, this one, like, I didn't see a lot of Tarantino films at first. And I think this was one of my first, and then I kind of delved into other ones. And that, like, I saw Kill Bill after this, or right before this, I don't remember. And I go, yeah, that was good. And then this one, I was like, okay. And then, like, the more and more of them I watched, I was like, ugh, I don't, I don't like these. <laughs> it just... Yeah, I'm not as big of a fan of Tarantino as like Wes Anderson, but I still really enjoy his mm -hmm. movies. I, I think he's got a great 
uh, you know, he's got a great eye for cam, like camera work, you know. Yeah, um, he definitely has. His stuff. writing is is always phenomenal. I mean, just just listen to this movie's dialogue, you know. <laughs> he's he's like a master of dialogue. Yeah. He can he can he can create like so many great scenes just like from two people talking to each other. That's why I love Django so much because a lot of it is just like, you know, the two people or the three people interacting, you know, in a room. Um, but that's besides the point. <laughs> I guess the only the mo- the only movie that I that I haven't seen by him is the is his newest one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, other than that, I've I think I've seen all of them except for Death Proof and yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Death Proof oh, is yeah. kind of like a half movie. Yeah, I was like, Death Proof um, I think was starting the turning point for me. Going, I don't think I like Tarantino. <laughs> that was a very odd movie because yeah. it was just like it was mostly just dialogue and like two very short action scenes. I don't and think he even counts rapey. it as one of his movies uh, because it's a part of that Grindhouse double feature or whatever. Yeah, true, but it's still a ninety-eight minute movie though. It is, but I, I don't think he counts like because he said he's only going to be making like eight movies or something like that, something weird. Like, mm. the next movie is going to be his last one, I think. And I don't think he counts Death Proof because it was a part of that two two for yeah. It's just, it's a, a short film. He'll make short films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a, if a short film to him is 90 minutes, then by all means, <laughs> keep making short films. Yeah. <laughs> was it Death Proof? I thought, like, the whole thing with, like, both of them was, like, 98 minutes. Uh, maybe. No, the whole thing was three, three hours. Really? Ooh, wow. Okay. Contagious um, barfed I'm in his mouth sure a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm gonna double check, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to the movie at hand here. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything else <laughs> to add. Yeah, the whole thing is three hours eleven minutes. I just yeah. double checked. <laughs> Jeez, that's two movies in one. So yeah, yeah. That's, he should totally count it. That's like Jack Snyder, you know, right there. That's so that's what he'll do. You mean He's Zach? Like, only, or Zach, gonna, yeah. I'm only going to make eight movies. Don't let go of Jack. These six don't count. Just the, It's just the one, Tay. You're exaggerating. <laughs> no, no. It's, the, it's, it's the one right now. But then or, you, next, or, or you can put it this way. Like, or or well, you can put it this way. Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 are technically one movie. They're just two mm. parts. Oh, but they're like both so different, though. They're like two different movies. Callous. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, we'll talk about those movies when it gets recommended. Ooh. Wait, uh, can I ask real quick? Uh, have you guys seen a uh, true romance? Nope. No. It's, um... it's 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 a uh, Tarantino produced, I believe, but not. I don't. I think someone else directed it, but it's the movie that uh, he basically he made money on to make his first actual movie. No, I don't think I've seen that one money to produce but not enough to make a movie so i'm gonna produce this movie just to be able to make a movie yes <laughs> i don't well i don't know if it was that exactly but it was something like he, he he wanted to make his own thing and he worked on true romance to work towards his first actual movie yeah you know a lot of directors do that where they they take yeah. um they take like a marvel movie to get funded for the their actual passion project you know <laughs> Like, I think um, Taika Waititi did uh, Thor 3 to do Jojo Rabbit, you know? Get the money for that. Hmm. I believe you are right. 
and I mean, both movies are phenomenal, but you know, yeah, just just a small example. I mean, there's plenty of more examples. Than that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah. Um, well, speaking about the movie, um, <laughs> no, I will going... say, you know, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll just make this quick. No, you're good. I, I will say, even though Tay did sway my mind a bit about the bastards and how limited they are in the movie, I don't think it really. I don't. I don't think this version of the movie, you know, because the one that's in your head going, "Oh, they could have done this and this and this," probably would be better. But I still think the base movie and the way that it is is still great. Yeah, it's still it's well written, well directed. And the scenes, you know, like I, I will always say, you know, the bar scene, that that's my favorite scene ever, probably. Not not ever, but, you know, probably in the movie. In this movie, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's up there. <laughs> I, I would say that it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very, um, we've already talked about it enough, but yeah, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those memorable scenes that call I, it I'm visceral. Well, there, there, were, there were sections of this movie that were pretty visceral, but um, I think the the most visceral part is when all the like the Nazis are burning alive in the in the theater. I, I felt like that was a like that ending was was pretty pretty harsh. And I mean, obviously the scalp cutting throughout the movie, yeah. um, the guy getting so beaten to death by the bear, you know, with the baseball bat. I mean, they, they didn't. I mean, they didn't hold back, you know, and. Um, that's one uh, another thing I forgot to mention is like the practical effects are pretty stinking good in this movie. Like, sure, there's a few squibs here or there that probably could have been placed a little bit better, but other than that, I, I felt like the the practical stuff that happens in this movie and like the makeup and like the art, like all that stuff, was just really really well done. Yeah, it was I well agree. done, and you can tell some. I mean, obviously, some you can tell when they were just hitting like dummies, you know, kind of thing, but. The way they just kind of flop on the ground and all that, but yeah, I agree with you. It was good. I did notice, like, really quick, um, like when when Hitler was being shot in the face. Yeah. Uh, I did notice, like, it very much looked like just. Uh, oh, that was an actual just... person getting killed, yeah. getting shot in the yeah. face. That was actually Hitler. <laughs> Need to know that. That was actually Hitler. <laughs> no, I mean, no, but yeah, I was saying, like that looked very much fake compared to like all the other effects. Yeah, I feel like that's another. Tarantinoism, I guess. Well, like when, but when uh, Hans' face was being cut in the end, that looked really realistic. See, I think the opposite. It didn't like it looked very. I think it looked pretty fake, or at least it looked more convincing. Yeah, I thought it looked. I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, you know, uh, it's better I than think... them using CG blood and CG yeah. cuts. Yeah. You know, oh, for sure, but like. I feel like they should have put something harder under the fake skin, because like you see his, what would be his skull like dent in several times. Maybe maybe he's got a squishy skull. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> hey, what was the last time you beat someone to death? Yeah, you tell us how it is. I didn't beat someone to death. <laughs> he he also wasn't some... beaten at that in that scene. He was knifed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but no, I, I have cuts. That's what that I meant. I but yeah, or you know, when uh, Brad Pitt was doing the swastika, you know, on the foreheads, you could, mm-hmm. especially at the end, you're just like, oh, that's the scene yeah, that okay. Tay was talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't show it in any other, any other scene, like him actually cutting into them. It yeah, cut that's away, why it yeah. worked better. Yeah, uh, yeah, because the first time it just Brad Pitt just shows his bloody knife, right? 
Well, he or it's like, like you it's see like a the perspective. Tip of it. It's a perspective yeah. thing. So you, yeah, you okay, have the okay. perspective of the German soldier getting the swastika carved into his head. But you don't actually see it until he reveals to to Adolf the yeah. scar on his forehead. Which can we go to that and like he would have that soldier would have died. Like he would have been shot. Like <laughs> just to have that interaction and be be alive from there. Uh yeah, he would have been shot and killed well, on that spot. Regardless. Regardless. Well, he, he made a deal with uh, with Brad Pitt. And no, I'm saying like Hitler would have killed him. I don't. I don't, I don't think Hitler would have killed him. He I mean, didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't say that he betrayed his, you know, people. Yeah, he, they, know, because, they, because they, they give they give him the thing. alibi. They give him the alibi before he leaves the camp. So, yeah. you know, he's not seen as a traitor because he doesn't tell them that he gave away the positions. He just says like, "Oh, I hid." You know, or whatever. No, he said I was left alive to spread the message. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do yeah, not yeah. spread that yeah. message. And then he give Hitler gives him another fake alibi. It's like you are, you were ambushed and you hid and got away. Yeah, that's yep. yeah, that's right. But then how did he get the swastika if he was hiding and got away? Because he's such a supporter it. of the of the yeah. Nazi party. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, you know, I I I mean, obviously this movie is um. Not 100% factual in all areas of its lore, but um, I would say most of the German army wasn't like 100% like Nazi. You know, they a lot of them were just yeah. kind of doing their jobs, getting paid. You know, I think back to the scene in the bar with the just a group of friendly soldiers sitting around. You know, they don't they don't hate. You know, uh, I guess a lot of those soldiers wouldn't hate Jewish people. You know. Yeah. Um, Hitler was, oh, he was a man of many words and he was able to sway the German people because of the Treaty of Versailles, which was so geared against the Germans after World War One. He was able to sway them to, you know, go back and, and start the war machine again after uh, a couple of years. So, um, it was more so like taking back what they thought was rightfully theirs and then taking revenge on like the French people. And, and, um, you know, obviously there's other things that Hitler did that are not a part of that plan. And I think that the, uh, the killing of Jewish people is one of those things that like, I don't think, I don't think most of the, most of the German army probably wouldn't have agreed with, with that, you know, I, I, well, they, they were most, yeah. I mean, they were in the army already. So it's like, well, these are my orders. And, you know, you can make the arguments like, well, they should have left the army, but it's like, if they did, they would have been killed. Well, that right, whole scene where you first meet the, you know, the bastards and the second guy uh, that tells him everything and then, you know, he goes to Hitler, like they did a good job of, you know, him, just that guy, that soldier alone, just like, yeah, I don't want to kill anyone, but here I am, you know, I have to do it kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, national pride and stuff like that. Um you know, uh, but but there's also a lot of hatred that was just seated in like the Nazi Party, where you know Hitler just hated Russians, so he decided to invade the Soviet Union. You know, it's it, it, they had they had an alliance at the beginning of the war, and he's like, you know what, I don't like these people because I'm just a freaking racist, so I'm just gonna yeah. you know burn down their homeland. You know, you know what, I don't like Jewish people, gypsies, etc., etc., etc. You know, I'm not even the master race myself. Maybe maybe Hitler just hated himself. I don't know. But the, the I think the bottom line is I, the the way that the film depicts every single German soldier is like a Jewish hating, you know, Nazi elitist, you know, kind of. I don't believe that that was 
that's not every soldier. Most soldiers were just doing their job and, and following the orders of their officers who probably were, you know, put in place because they were so hateful and they agreed with a lot of things that the Nazi party represented. Yeah, like I said, they did a good job and I got that vibe from, you know, the first uh, guy that actually gave them the bastards, the information that they were looking for. Like, their whole just, like, don't, you know, just kill all of them. Just, like, the radio guy at the end there, where it's like, they didn't, like, learn anything. Like, he may have been helping the Allies the whole time, but he had, you know, it's like... Oh, they don't even know if they're, they're people are spies. They're just like, we just got to kill them. Yeah, I don't agree with them killing the radio guy at the end, but I guess it's just how they were operating, you know? Well, it was just Quentin Tarantino was just like, I need I need to show a lot of scalping. I have a quota <laughs> of scalps that need to be shown. Well, it's also, it's also like an unexpected type thing. You know, you don't expect them to shoot. You kind of expect them to shoot Colonel Hans out of anyone, you know? Yeah. You don't expect him to shoot the the guy who just kind of was like lumped in because he was the radio operator, you know. <laughs> you you expect him to do worse to Colonel Hans, but yeah, I guess uh, it came from the top that Colonel Hans must not be harmed or well yeah. killed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Were you guys a little confused at the with the bet at the end, like what the whole ordeal was? Like I remember watching it the first time. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Why are they at the American line? And then I kind of understood. And then, you know, watching it again, I'm still kind of, I don't know. I, I, are you I don't know about if the it's... deal? That yeah, Hans or the deal. Yeah, not the bit. Yeah, he, he essentially got on the radio with the allies. And he was like, I want immunity. I want to be moved to an island paid for by the U.S. government. You know, he, he laid out his, his, um, his what he wants so yeah, that he wanted he to wouldn't... surrender right and well yeah but that. he but it he he's he's doing that because he's like well i i could pick up the phone and call them and tell them that they're you know the two guys the two fake italians are strapped with explosives and i you know or i could end the war today and they took the deal to end the war today and the way i look at it is you know since he was kind of a detective and like he he knew that they were going to lose and so he took this opportunity to jump ship. Yeah. Um, obviously, he wasn't a good dude. So, like, marking him, sure, fine. He deserved that. But Yeah, once but then, the Allies um... invaded France, everything kind of started to fall apart from there. Uh, so I, 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 I would totally believe that the detective would be like, you know, something's we're, we're losing a lot of ground pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But then, what I don't understand is like, why did uh, why did Hans choke uh, Bridget? Like, right? and That's then you know, call her yeah. a traitor, and it's like, oh, she got what she deserved. But then he himself betrayed everyone. So, yeah, does that make That's, any sense? That's what I've always said. It's like he should have been like, hey, I want in on this deal. Let me, you know, introduce me to your. Well, maybe that. I mean, maybe he eliminated the competition. You know, he, he eliminated her because there's no competition when it comes to. <laughs> I, I mean, they didn't. They don't need Hans if if she's still alive. Technically, they could just kill. They could kill Hans. I don't know. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> they, even if she's alive, they're like, well, you know, it's like I have your men, though. Right, but he was the only. He was the only one who knew that the bombs were there. He was the only one who knew that she 
was at the bar, you know. So him eliminating her from the equation, uh, she doesn't have that leverage on him, you know. So he can take her spot as like the, the person in the group, you know, the the person helping the, the the thing happen. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> obviously, obviously, there's more to it because he did. You know, he's like traitor, and then he chokes her out, right? But I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he had the idea after he killed her. I don't know. <laughs> He did send the the two guys into the theater knowing that they might have had like things trapped to them. Like knowing that they were faking it, he still sent them into the theater, into their seats. Well, you see, I, I uh, thought that like, they did a, a convincing it. performance. That's why he let them go through. But the other two, especially. Well, he, I mean, he knew because, I mean, at that point, he knew she was a spy. They were pretty convinced. The other two guys are pretty convincing. Bonjour, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's possible that he let them go in to I set mean, the stage. Um, but that just reinforces my point of he takes out, you know, the German, you know, the the German actress, so that he can take her spot and not have to worry about her being there to hang things over his head because they obviously had, you know, they they had some history. Um, and like I said, they they like if she's there and they get taken back to wherever <laughs> like they could just take out Hans or, or they could, they could muscle Hans out of here. But I, I feel like he took her, he took her spot essentially after when he killed her. And maybe he still does have some of that German national pride in him. You know, I mean, that's probably more. More realistic. Yeah. He is still a nationalist. Like I so said, that's why he, you know, they mark him. It's like, yeah, he deserved that. He's, Definitely high up in the nationalist thing. Uh, even though you know we <laughs> mentioned you know, how great that writing was and all that, did you guys feel like some scenes are just like drawn out a little no. too much? No, I, I didn't think so. Yeah, I'm gonna immediately cut that one down. <laughs> uh, no, I thought that they were perfectly executed. I I don't know. I I feel like the scene where Frederick and uh, what's her name, Shoanna or whatever, the Manuel. cinema girl, where they shoot yeah. each other. I was just like, okay, this is a little, you know, a little I, drawn out. You thought that scene was drawn out? I mean, it was like a five, like it was like five minutes, <laughs> or not yeah, even five minutes too long. <laughs> it wasn't even five. It was like it was like yeah. a minute or so. Like it was like the guy comes in. He forces. He kind of forces his way in. She she yeah. makes him turn around. She draws the pistol. She shoots him. It was like it was like a two minute scene. Yeah. The only, the thing that bothered me about that scene is after she shoots him, she like looks at the movie screen, you know, and sees him being all Nazi shooting at people, and she's like, oh well, now I feel bad for him. No, the like, the moment on the screen was him being somber and like yeah, like realizing he's killing all these people. Yeah. But I I, I mean you know I think she was just mourning the the. Because he, he seemed like a, you know, when he talked to her, he seemed like a pretty nice, you know, like innocent yeah. kind of guy. So I think that she has some remorse for having to kill him in that way, you know. For sure, for sure. I get that. But yeah, why would she walk over to him and, and pet him on the back when he was still alive? <laughs> eh, I don't know. Just to get that glorious shot of her getting shot in the stomach has a nice visual of her red dress and the kind of like gray backdrop of the movie. Or the room, I would say. Yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, she was playing on 
dying anyway. Same yeah, thing I mean, with, uh, yeah, with the obviously Frenchman. everyone was dying, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like I, I thought they were going to get away. No, that the the yeah. whole the whole plan was to lock everyone in and burn the whole place down. Yeah, it doesn't mean they were locked in. That was how I understood they, uh, it, that they were going to stay and yeah. make sure that no one got out. The other guy, too, like the guy that worked the projectors, he was like planning on just staying in and not escaping. I mean, they, I mean, they didn't show him getting out, so I'm going to assume that he yeah, stayed he, he's definitely fire. dead. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, at the end, you know, when the TNT goes off, like that building was completely, yeah, destroyed. Yeah. So there's there no way no one walked TNT, out of there. Though. Yeah, they didn't know about the TNT. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't supposed to be TNT. It was just the film, right? But uh, yeah, I, 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 from the way that they were acting and how everything was going on, it, I was, I was assuming that they were expecting to not live through the experience anyway. So, well, I mean, I that's how that it's set up too. at the end too. So, yeah, through circumstance, she gets shot. I don't know what she would have done if she did not get shot. Maybe she would have just let you know, made sure that the projector goes off and make sure no one gets out. You know. But I don't think she would have had time to escape herself if she was making sure that no one got out. Same thing with the other guy. Also, that yeah. scene where everything's burning down and the projector is showing her face on the smoke, laugh, uh, yeah. laughing, like that is that is some good like visuals right yes. there. Yeah, <laughs> I was that, about that to bring that one up. Too, yeah. yeah, like I said, that's where we should have ended. Just the visual of the theater burning down. Slash, I guess blowing up but whatever i don't think the blowing up was necessary <laughs> yeah and that kind of goes back to like the first point of like maybe if the bastards weren't there and the the thing never took off wouldn't have had to worry about the you know wouldn't have had to have that huge explosion at the end it could have just ended yeah. with the fire burning down the theater but Oh, well. Also, it would have been nice, you know, just like a little, it, and it could have just been, you know, words on the screen at the end, like, you know, how America, like, knew, like, Hitler was dead and all these officers, you know, were gone, you know, like, maybe a scene, you know, it doesn't have to be long, something new to say, like, oh, yeah, the war ended and all this and that, but... I don't know. I mean, even I even the like, ending is it's good. It's good enough. I mean, it's I not, like not going to make or break. But at that point, like, yeah, not sure as well. Yeah, they don't. They don't like. I, I feel like you don't need that sort of thing because you kind of, you kind of, you know, you kind of understand what's about to happen. The German army is going to collapse. You know, there's going to be pockets of people still fighting, but it's going to be pretty much over at that point. Or as I mentioned in a past podcast, or someone who's more competent takes over in the role and. The war keeps going on, because uh, you know it's 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 pretty. Uh, it's you know Hitler was not the greatest tactician ever. You know he yeah. he 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 essentially like during the like during like the whole invasion of Normandy, he essentially told his tanks to stop because they weren't listening to him. And he's like, if you move another inch, or you know, yeah, I'm gonna blow you up. Yeah, it, and it was just like it's one of those decisions that's like, no, send the tanks there. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know. And there's a lot of those different like decisions that he made throughout the war that were just like really ass backwards that someone with maybe uh who wasn't insane would have probably you know, done done a better decision, which is why I personally would not kill Hitler in the crib because I feel yeah. like someone else who is more competent would just t fill his role and maybe things would have turned out differently. 
Ah, classic throwback to a Fubar Ferret. That's right. But that's that's my reasoning. My reasoning is that someone else, probably more competent, will take his role, and and the war will be either way different, and and like Wolfenstein will happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else I was gonna say there, but yeah, it, the Wolfenstein would would have probably happened if Hitler had died in his crib. I'm just that's all I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts, opinions? Why Go to ratings, or yeah, I think I uh, think I'm good. We're all set. Greedy, kick it off. All right, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, I originally had it a five out of five, but you know, talking to you guys, uh, you know, kind of persuade me a little bit uh, to lower it. Um, yeah, I would have liked, you know, seeing more, now that Tay brought it up, more, like, uh, the bastards themselves. Yeah, that could have been, like, a whole chapter, you know, kind of, you know, just a scene. Or, you know, just a five-minute segment, ten-minute segment of, you know, maybe them assaulting, you know, that uh, bird's nest that they wanted, that they were so desperately looking for. And then, uh, once, uh, you know, you meet the girl at the cinema... And, you know, they kind of take over and, uh, you know, yeah, I would have liked to see more of the Bastards now that you guys brought it up. But, you know, still, the movie's phenomenal. Uh, the way it's directed, the way the attention to detail, you know, just the scenes, the setup, all that just was phenomenal throughout the whole movie. Uh, very intense. Uh, bar scene was f great. I loved the bar scene. And I think it's one of my favorite scenes in all of movie, or at least in my top, you know, 10, maybe five. Uh, phenomenal, intense, loved it. Great, great job. Acting was great. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, did pull, you know, a couple of characters, you know, big name characters, probably to draw attention. But still, all the actors were great to learn, you know, different languages and just to, you know, speak so fluent. And all the scenes just mesh well together. Um, but all that being said, I'll give it a four and a half out of five. Yeah, all right. Um, so as for me, um, so this, I remember when I first saw this movie in theaters back in 2009, really enjoying it. Enough to go see it a second time in theaters. And the second time... Not enjoying it as much, but not being able to pinpoint why I didn't care for it as much. So this time, the third time here, years later, I finally understand. It's like, okay, yeah. Um, one, it's Quentin Tarantino. There's just things about his style that I just don't like. Like the, he loves his act, you know, excess violence and gore, and it's just like none of that's necessarily needed. Um, in this film, particularly, like I said, I don't. You know, having maybe more scenes with the bastards would have been fine, but I think just eliminating them completely would have been much better because the best parts of this movie, it, like, it starts out really strong, but then by the end it's just a muddled mess of whatever. Um, and like I said, if we'd focused on the the cinema chick, um, you know, escaping and then focus on her and her burning down and killing a lot of 
high end or high uh, higher up Nazis. Like I think that would have been a much better overall story, um, a more intriguing story. But throwing in the bastards and stuff was like I mean it's fine to see like a scene or two of, with them, but they screw up more than they actually helped. <laughs> At least in this instance of this plot. Um. So yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. Um, like the writing was fine. Like there was things about it that were really good. Um, so, like it's not like a one or anything. Um, but I, yeah, I'll give it probably three out of five. All right. Well, um, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I'm also like not the biggest fan of Tarantino films, but I do agree that he is like a master at creating suspenseful scenes and uh, the way this entire movie came together um, I actually really enjoyed and I do agree that like the bastards were possibly not necessary but I mean I still enjoyed having them there and uh, uh, overall I don't have like too many problems with the the movie as a whole and uh, all the characters were great all the the acting was phenomenal, especially from Christoph Waltz. He makes a great villain, uh, probably one of the best villains, which is probably why they kept keep casting him as a villain. <laughs> but uh, I do love like when like the villain focuses on fighting his enemies with his brain instead of like you know with force and whatever, which is what he is. He he's very smart and he a lot of times outsmarts his enemies, which what makes which one of the reasons what makes him a great villain. But um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed this movie. The had a great story, um, great effects. So um, I am going to give it a uh, four point five out of five. Alrighty, uh, historical inaccuracies, uh, inaccuracies aside, um, I really enjoy this one. Uh, you know, Tay, you, you started the swing me there, but I realized that. The movie's still great. Like, even though I probably would change maybe one or two things about it, I think that the way that the movie is is still really, really well done. And, you know, the acting, you know, melded together with the cinematography and, and how these scenes are written and how the visuals work and, you know, all the different uh, action that takes place during, throughout the film just really makes it, like, a really great period piece, one. But also, two, it, it's also, like, a nice, like, you know, fictional take on on a on a historical um, event that I really enjoy. <laughs> so maybe I'm a bit biased because it's World War II, but I don't know. Uh, but I, I, you know, like yeah, like there's some nitpicking things I could, you know, I, I we've already talked about here some little things like, you know, may, maybe uh, maybe um, uh, uh, the, 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 the Brad Pitt could have gone a little bit less hard with his crazy accent, but. That kind of just adds, I guess it adds to the charm of the movie. I I, I feel like the things that I, I, I feel kind of negatively towards, like, it's it's not that big of a deal in my opinion. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, honestly, yeah, I think I'm going to keep it at a five. I, I really do. I, I think that it's a, it's a really well-executed movie, and it's probably my favorite Tarantino movie. Um, of course, I would have to rewatch like, some of the other ones, but I think that this one sits at the top of my... Tarantino list as of right now. So yeah, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 still. Cool. Cool. 
Speaking of Tay, yeah. you got a movie oh, for yeah. us. I do have a movie for us. Um, so my movie is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? It came out in 2000, directed by Joel Cohen, who brought us Fargo. Hey. Uh, in the Deep South, during the 1930s, three escaped convicts search for a hidden treasure while a relentless lawman pursues them. On their journey, they come across many comical characters and incredible situations. And it's based on Homer's Odyssey. Um, it stars George Clooney, John Turturro, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Charles Durning, John Goodman, and a bunch of others. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a while since I've seen this movie. I remember really liking it, um, so I thought it'd be fun to revisit. Never seen oh. this one or heard of this one, so it'll be a nice I... watch. I remember wanting to watch this one, but I don't think I, I ever did. So, yeah, this is going to be great. Well, good. So I guess from I, uh, 2000, right? 2000, yeah. All right. I guess I threw a curveball in the musical trend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there yeah, is. had a musical uh, movie, and now Tay. Wait, one. this one's a musical? It's not a musical, but there is some singing in it. Oh. Uh, oh, really? Well... It's like a, yeah, it a, says musical. Huh? Yeah, I guess. That. I mean, it's a yeah. it's like a half musical, a point five. It musical. says drama slash musical. So yeah, the thing definitely... I'm seeing here is it says adventure comedy crime. Yeah, mm. <laughs> there definitely there is some singing in it. Um, My definition like, of a musical would be singing throughout the whole thing. You know, like a yeah, no. play. I mean, there's a whole soundtrack right here, so... Yeah, well, that's yeah, never, I, guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find yeah. out. Yeah, like, so there is singing, but, like, it's not, like, intricate to the plot. It's, it's, not, well, like, kind of. it's not like Let Les Mis, where they're, like, singing yeah, about no. bread and shit. No, like, there is less singing <laughs> than dialogue. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's uh, just putting that into Discord. That's how it's spelled, if you're yep. having trouble looking it up there. And it's available on Amazon. Awesome. Amazon. Oh, if only for rent, boo. Well, if you, the listener, don't want to be spoiled, or if you want to join the conversation for Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, from 2000, make sure you check out, uh, or make sure you watch that before the next episode premieres uh, in two weeks. In two, We do these every two weeks. And, of course, if you want to get your film onto the fan vote, which is going to happen uh, during Tay's episode, so make sure you scamper on over to my Twitter account uh, with, the, with the launch of the next episode and uh, vote on what movie you want us to watch after Callus's pick. Uh, we'll be waiting for you. Um, I did my math a little bit wrong with the episode 100, so it's not lining up with the fan vote date, so it's going to be a little wonky. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, the next fan vote should be going up with Tay's episode. And then episode 100 kind of follows pretty closely after that. So keep your eyes peeled for, uh, or keep your ears open for the information for that, uh, which will be on episode 99, which is coming up pretty pretty close. Uh, but yeah, if you want to get your movie on the fan vote, uh, just go ahead and write a comment on the latest episode of Film Freaks with a Z on YouTube, or uh, talk, in the, uh, talk in my Discord uh, in the movie stuff section. And recommend a movie there. Or if you get on the podcast, you can always recommend a movie when you're on here. Uh, it does, you know, whatever. It's up to you. Or you can do the old arcade way, which no one has used yet, 
uh, send us an email at ff.filmfreaks.z at the end of gmail.com. All of them are valid. All right, folks. Anything else you want to say before we end the show? Of course. Be sure to clean your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch True Romance. All right. <laughs> well, I am... Uh, oh, shoot. What was my name again? <laughs> Hold on. Weren't you... Your... No, uh, I, I got it. I got lieutenant? it. I got it. Yeah. First, Lieutenant Aldo the Ferret Rain, and I've been here with... Uh, I was Lapetite Waffles? Lapetite? A glass of milk tay. And her callus. And this has been Film Freaks with a Z. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.